This is Bob Morris in Desert Horticulture. Today I want to talk to you about selecting the best apricots and plums, and this includes apriums as well as pluots. Join me today on Desert Horticulture. Learn more about Desert Horticulture by signing up for my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. That's all one word, Extreme Horticulture, and starting with an X. Take some of my classes on Eventbrite if you're in the Las Vegas area. That's Bob Morris on Eventbrite. Apricots do really well in the Mojave Desert climate, all of them, but some of them do a little bit better than others. So my choice, uh, my choice, my top choices for apricots in the Mojave Desert has been Blenheim, which is sometimes called Royal uh, in the market. Flavored Delight, which actually isn't an <clears throat> an apricot, it's an aprium, which is a cross between an apricot and a plum. It's a Zager genetics introduction. And Gold Kissed, which is very early. Also the Flavored Delight, aprium, very early. More Park, which is early. And uh, Royal Rosa, which also makes an excellent landscape tree and also a very early apricot. And I think that's the key uh, to apricot, aprium production in the desert is to get those, uh, get that fruit off of the tree as soon as possible. The early producers are really good. Some notable mention, I really like the flavor of Canadian Blenheim White, even though it was developed for a colder climate. Chinese, if you like uh, a drying apricot, a traditional apricot, it's early as well. Early Golden, Flora Gold, and Katie, which is also another, like Chinese, a very aggressive grower, and it's really good for drying and putting up. Uh, at this time, I'm looking at the uh, at the publication I, I made back in 2009 on it, and under review at that time were Autumn Glow, Early Autumn, Goldcott, Harcott, and Tomcott. And I would tell you um, that though those... Goldcott, Tar- Harcott, and Tomcott, in particular Tomcott, was a really good choice. I didn't get to say much about it <clears throat> earlier, but it's a it's a good selection for you. And I would also tell you this, that if you have a chance between getting an aprium or an apricot, whether they'll tell you it's an apricot or not, I don't know, or an aprium rather, rather than an apricot, Go with the aprium because they're bred to be a little bit smaller tree. Uh, they're, uh, they have a good flavor, flavor profile. They have good sugar content and they produce really well in the hot desert. So lean more towards the aprium, uh, when you have a choice. Flavor delight, uh, summer delight, a lot of that category of apricots rather than just the traditional. Although, like I told you, those top choices that I mentioned earlier, Blenheim, which is also called Royal, uh, Gold Kissed, Moore Park, Royal Rosa, all make good selections for you in the, apricot, in, the, in the desert. Apricots really love the desert. They love the desert heat. They produce well. They don't have a lot of significant problems as long as you get the fruit off relatively early. I wouldn't... I wouldn't select an apricot that 
is a late producer. I would stay away from those. There's just, again, it's kind of like peaches in that you want to get the fruit off at a reasonable length of time. The longer the fruit is on the tree, it's going to be more subject to disease problems, which doesn't happen much in the desert, but insect problems, which does happen, and bird problems, all of those things. So get them off. Find something you like that's an early producer, May, June, July, and get it off the tree. And start to pick those uh, fruit when they start to show color. As soon as they start to show color, and again, I, I, I go up to a couple of them and I squeeze them lightly. Uh, usually when I squeeze them, oftentimes they'll drop if, they're, if they are close to being ready. They may drop right after you do it. So double check them a little bit, uh, just 30 seconds after you squeeze them. But uh, any when they shift from that really hard phase into a phase that's a little bit softer, it's got a little bit softer touch to it, and the background color has changed, go ahead and harvest them. And really there's no difference between the fruit that's harvested at that stage uh, versus tree-ripened fruit. And heavens to heavens when you when you get um bird damage starting in an apricot the bird is ahead of you they're already smelling they're already tasting some of this fruit as soon as you see bird damage starting to develop on that apricot start harvesting the fruit the fruit is always going to be a little bit further ahead on the south side of the tree and the top of the tree in full sunlight than it will be in a partial shady area inside the tree. There's also the question about whether you need to thin them or not. And I don't thin apricots unless they're in really tight clusters and I can see that the fruit is going to, as it enlarges, is going to start pushing each other off the tree. So there is uh, some information out there about thinning apricot. I typically don't do it unless I have to. And the way I walk, uh, the way I thin the fruit is I walk up to that cluster when the fruit is still relatively small, and I can look and imagine how that fruit is going to look and size up a little bit later. And when that fruit does, excuse me, when it's still small, I'll just take my hand and massage it, massage the cluster. But if the fruit is being born laterally along the branch and they're far enough apart, I don't thin them. And they're just great. There's no need to. But I wouldn't, I would caution you about tree ripening them. Don't let them go too far. There's a lot of fruit up there on apricot. You'll get, you'll get a lot of fruit production off of that tree. Uh, and if you wait until they're tree ripened, there's a really good chance if it's a hot day, it's going to just fall. You're going to come out to the tree and they're going to be on the ground. So be careful of that as well. So if you have a choice, get an aprium. If you don't, if you want to go with a traditional apricot, those that I mentioned are just fine. The other the other fruit I want to talk about <clears throat> is the plum. And um, the plums do also extremely well in the desert climate. Uh, just because I don't see a lot of bore problems if I'm using wood chip mulches, if I'm mulching with wood chips or organics, on the, the soil beneath the tree, good four to six inches deep, keeping it away from the trunk the first five years. I don't see uh, a lot of insect problems on apricots at all, really. Maybe some aphids 
at the beginning of the year that you can clean up pretty nicely uh, with a couple of uh, dormant oil applications. That's not neem oil, neem oil, that's dormant oil, horticultural oil applications, just to clean them up. Those are always a good insurance program when you're talking about apricot and also plums as well. Plums don't get a lot of borers. They do get a few of them. It's not as dirty of a tree borer-wise as peach or nectarine is. But uh, plums will get them if you allow too much too much direct sunlight on the limbs and in the inside of the tree. So I like to, when I prune them, both apricot I prune differently a little differently they're they're pruned very similarly because they have a they produce their fruit in a very similar manner they produce them on short oftentimes on short spurs sometimes laterally along the branches but it each variety is a little bit different Uh, but when you have fruit production just be careful of opening the canopy too much uh, with uh, when you're pruning and and getting a lot of direct sunlight right on the branches. Typically what plums, pluots will do, a pluot is really, it's a plum apricot, but it's got, it's got more plum in it than, than the aprium does. When you look at the aprium, which is an apricot plum cross also, but it's got more apricot. So it looks like an apricot. The fruit looks like an apricot. It's marketed as an apricot in the stores. The pluots look more like plums, and they grow a lot like plums. Uh, so when you're going out into the plum area, pluot area, and you're picking them, just pay attention to how that tree is growing. But anyway, when we're looking at it, we're looking at uh, plum selections. Uh, most of the plums are that that we select are Japanese plums. There's two basic kinds. There's a Japanese and European plums. A lot of the plums that we have are, are Japanese. So in that group, um, my top choices on plums, and then we're not talking pluots right now, uh, is uh, Santa Rosa. Uh, I like Santa Rosa. It's also a good pollinizer tree for many of the pluots, not all of them, but many of the pluots. And what that means is uh, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get fruit if you don't have a Santa Rosa present. It just means you're going to get more more fruit production. You know, the, the, the fruit production really depends upon, um, upon pollen transfer and also bee activity, pollenizer, pollinator activity out in the orchard. So, uh, and that's a whole nother topic. But if we're going to be talking about plums, I really like the Santa Rosa. It's a soft plum. It's not a firm plum. If I were talking about a firm plum, the Emerald Butte is a good selection uh, as well. An honorable mention, there's a lot of plums that do well in the, in the desert. Beauty, Burbank, Burgundy, Elephant Heart. It's a little spotty in its production, but when it does produce it, the fruit is excellent. And if we're talking about uh, prunes, prune plums, I've never had really good luck with prune plums. But if I were to push you in a direction, if you really want a tree, a prune plum type of a tree, then the French improved or Italian prunes would be my selection. I was reviewing uh, at that time, back then, Catalina and Green Gage, uh, which Green Gage is a European plum. I really like Catalina a lot. Catalina is a great choice uh, for for you if you're looking at 
at a plum selection. So that's another one that you could look at very closely. So on the plum cots themselves, this is also a plum apricot. Uh, I, I looked at plum parfait as a varietal name. I wasn't all that impressed with it. <clears throat> I've listed it as under review in my list, but I probably wouldn't highly recommend it. It's is I, My memory is it's an early producer, but it, I just wasn't really happy with the fruit with the taste of the fruit. As far as the Pluots are concerned themselves, uh, my top choice, of course, are the Flavor King and Flavor Queen. And like I told you, they will, they'll set fruit all by themselves. You don't need another tree out there, but if you do have uh, a Santa Rosa plum nearby, or if a neighbor has it or you have it, you're going to see probably a bump in production, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, I mean, when you're dealing with plums and pluots, you're going to have to thin the fruit out, not like apricots. Apricots, typically, I don't thin the fruit out unless they're in clusters that need to be thinned. Then I'll go ahead and massage the fruit. But uh, plums and pluots, what you'll do is wait for, wait for, and when that fruit is about maybe a half an inch in the size, about the size of your thumbnail, there will be fruit that will set that do not get pollinated. And uh, they'll go ahead and, and form fruit, but uh, you'll see a color change in the small fruit, and you'll see it turn from a green color to a yellowish green color, and then oftentimes they'll drop. In fact, almost always they'll drop because they weren't, they, they didn't receive uh, good pollen or any pollen or something. The fruit went ahead and formed, but it it's dropping off. There's an old term called June drop, which doesn't occur in June in our climate. It's probably going to be closer to May, April, May, when we're going to see that. And as long as that tree is getting enough water, it's been fertilized early in the season, you're not going to have a problem uh, with fruit production at all, with any of the plums or pluots under it, one uh, the the pluots that I picked, <laughs> the flavor king, flavor queen, always get high marks. One that I want to mention, it's a personal favorite of mine called uh, flavor supreme. Just be really careful with that variety. Uh, I got real excited when I was first producing it because the flavor of the fruit is so good. It's so good, and, and if it is thinned uh, well, the fruit can be quite large. Quite large, meaning the size of a baseball. Not a softball, but a baseball. And if it's tree-ripened, and if the birds don't find it, and sometimes you'll find that on Flavor Supreme, it's an exquisite piece of fruit. The negative side to that variety is uh, sometimes in a desert areas, when we get a late spring frost, they're very susceptible to uh, to loss of fruit because of freezing weather. So be careful of that. If you're going to put a flavor supreme in a landscape, find an area where you can put it that's warmer and out of the wind. Very important with plums because they're they can drop their fruit pretty easily in strong winds. But find a place away from strong winds, and I think you're going to see, and it's got some reflected heat 
from walls a little bit of more protection or create some protection for it. And I think you're going to see better fruit set and better fruit production from things like Flavor Supreme. Um, so when I'm growing Flavor Supreme, if I get three years out of five years where I get fruit production, I'm really happy. But I do have, currently I'm growing about five Flavor Supreme in an orchard right now. And I pick them only because the fruit is so good. That's the single reason. Anyway, uh, I'd strongly suggest some other other pluots. See, these are some older names. Dapple Dandy. Flavor Finale is a great one. It's a late one. Flavor Grenade, Geo Pride. Flavor Delight. Flavor Rosa, I'm not real happy with on it, but uh, the others I am. I'm currently growing some of the other newer introductions of the Pluots, and I'll I'll give you an update later on with it. But those are my uh, critiques of the plums Pluots growing in the Mojave Desert, and I hope you have a lot of success with them. This is Bob Morris in Desert Horticulture. <music>